welcome to a special edition of Covered in Glory. If you listen to the Extra Points Podcast Network, <laughs> that's how we start the show here, Sal. Let me introduce you. Jesus, am I the only professional here? Uh, if you listen to the Extra Points Network, you would have heard us earlier in the week talk about the cap of consequences for our very own Brett Corominos. And here is the father of the cap of consequences, the one who came up with this diabolical scheme where the loser of contests get uh, punished and the winners get nothing. The legendary cousin Sal Iacato. So, Sal, tell him about listen, it. Listen, thank you. Thank you for that uh, wonderful intro. I guess I did come up with this idea. I'm almost positive it's going to backfire. Maybe even tonight it'll backfire. But, um, Brett, you did come off. You, you, I mean, I mentioned this on Against the Lodge the other day. When you picked from the cap of consequences, you came off as an expert. You bragged about working with Bam at Obama and, and, and uh, having all this college basketball expertise. And then you came in last place. And you have to suffer, as we say, the consequences. Wow. And that consequence was... What was it, Brett? It was the uh, Brett Chastain, which was I uh, now will be recording this uh, podcast in a sports bra. So here we are, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy this. More. Much like Brandy Chastain. Oh, there we go. Oh, there you go. Yes. Look at the score the winning goal against there China in 1999. There, there we go. <laughs> there it is for everybody. Enjoy. This is way more punishment for the people that are going to see this cutout than me. So, I feel the worst for although the tricky part it. is I am not hundred percent sure I will be able to get this off. My friend gave this to me because she was way too excited about the fact that I was gonna have to do this. <laughs> and I put it on because I was like, I've never obviously put on a sports bra before. And I had to use like a spatula to pull oh, it up Jesus. from the back to pull it back over my what? head. Holy <laughs> hell, Because I couldn't get it off with these straps. I couldn't get it off with these you know straps. People, I, I didn't you want know to people, break her. I didn't want to break the You know, people can hear so. you right now, right? Like you're just telling on yourself, I, what are you doing? <laughs> And it, I see the microphone. It's it's not that far away. I think, from, yeah, no, I think the big loser here was Yard Barker. who got a close up right before you took their shirt off. We should get sponsorship for them to put it back on. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. I, like I told Sal on the show, this is literally going to just punish anybody that scrolls through his feed tomorrow. Like this is their punishment. Yeah. This isn't even really that bad. It's worth me. it. They'll come back. I'm, we could always find more people. I mean, granted, but, you know, I do wish, have to dish I do wish this was two and a half years and 20 pounds ago that, you know, I was having my sports bra moment, but hey, we can't. You know. Yeah, we only gave you like two two days or so to lose yeah, weight. I was, I'm sorry. I was, we, I was going to try to just crank out like 150 push-ups before I got on camera, but that. Uh, well, listen, this is a soccer podcast, and I want you guys to get back to uh, corner kicks and crawlers uh, as soon as you can. <laughs> but there is one more surprise for you, Brent. Oh, no. And it's waiting on the other side of, I think, that door that we see in the frame there. Oh, God. Um, if, if you want to go answer that now. Oh, God. There's a little something waiting for you. Oh, God. Go to it. I think you're going to like this. <laughs> hey. What's up, man? Is that Angie, by the way? Nice to meet you, all right, Harry. Uh, Solidarity. You both actually did both come in last place. Yeah. And you won on the tiebreaker or lost as it may be by four points. And uh, so we thought we'd, you know, we'd give you some company and there's uh, Harry. Where'd you get that bra? Wow. That's something. Harry, Sal wants to know where you got the bra. Uh, it's actually Angie's after four tries and finally kind of fit. I mean, you know. Okay. Well, there we go. Well, here it is. The two extra points network. The things I do wow. for you, Sal. The things I do for him. Man, good meeting you, buddy. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Is that, Neighbors, is that hopeless right solo that just really walked sucks. in? Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. Nice. Is that Harry Carey? Harry Carey? You guys look like a, strange, a scared straight video. They showed an eighth grade boys to get them to jog. <laughs> they showed so a, a scared straight video. They showed an eighth grade boys to get us to jog. Uh, yeah. Is that Diego Maradona? <laughs> right next to a school. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do, I right do live right next to a school, so let's yeah. be careful. Right. Here. Oh, okay. shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this is great. Well, Harry, do a little dance for him, and then uh, then I didn't get out of there. That's actually. I'm not. This is not just coming through my. I'm not making this up. 
That they, that was requested. <laughs> a dance? Uh, let's see. What do I? Have? Yeah, do a little I laugh. I was gonna say lap dance, but no, you got your bride to be there. Oh, this is no. great. This is a bachelor party, Harry. Congratulations. <laughs> this is a disaster. Right. I won this contest. And what you got me, Sal, is the world's fucking worst OnlyFans <laughs> subscription. Toby comes off as Don't the biggest loser. Like He's going to stare at me. <laughs> oh, Harry, I don't know which one of you should be called, Harry. This is ridiculous. Well, I mean, I am Greek, so let's... Uh, I mean, this is what this is what it comes with. Like I said, I was going to turn right. it down for you, but I wasn't that nice. Honey, you turned out. Well, I'm going to leave. I think <laughs> Harry has no, a no, for Sal, you guys. I'm leaving. You, know? you have to stay and host this mess. What is going on here right now? I got to get out of here. You're right, Ed. It's all going to get nauseous. Sal said leaving. He's going to get nauseous. Is she leaving too? Is she leaving you there? leaving too, Andy. Out. Yeah, are you staying or leaving? Oh, by the way, you know, Brett, Harry lives five minutes yeah, from me. Really, so this yeah, is not yeah, going to be the yeah, last. I didn't know that. Harry's right in my backyard here. Team player. Team yeah. player. Yeah. Hanging out. Okay. We're going to be doing this more often, just, just casually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm getting out of here. This is your guy's house right. now. You're Thanks, Harry. You're the worst, All right. All right, soccer fans. I hope you enjoyed that absolutely ridiculous uh, sidebar we just did, where it looked like you guys were in Seinfeld and cosplaying the man's ear. Uh, but I guess we should try to yes. hold our stomachs and get to this week's action. Uh, this week, we're going to be covering the two FA Cup semifinals, and then we'll take a break and get to the uh, top of the table in the Premier League. So, Brett. Brady Chastain, are you ready to work or are you ready to keep looking at it like that? I mean, I am. I will be here physically, mentally. I'm not sure where I'm at, but I'm going to power through. Um, met- there will be some. There will be. Well, see, here's the thing, though. Is like I, I, I lost every bet last week, so I really can't go anywhere but up. So the sports problem might be lucky. I don't know. Holy crap! I cannot freaking believe this. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I'm going to try to soldier on, uh, cause unlike Sal, I'm a professional. So I'm, I know this is a podcast. There's gonna be plenty of social breakouts and people are going to have to see what I see, but they don't have to see it for 45 minutes. So I'm going to try to get through this best I can. I might talk a little faster and this might be a 22 minute show. Uh, if I can get through it. Uh, all right. So let's start with what we started with last week. I mean, this is what Sal gets upset about all the time, right? Like Man City versus Liverpool was an absolutely epic match. Uh, one of the things that made it so special is we don't see things like that very often. And then one week later, we're talking about the exact same two teams playing again, but in very different contexts. This is the FA Cup semifinal. Uh, the game is at Saturday at 1030 a.m. Man City is plus 155. Liverpool is plus 185. The draw is plus 235. Uh, Reminder, in these cups, the draw is at the end of regulation time. That's why there's a draw, because there won't be a tie in this game. Somebody will advance. And the odds on that, Manchester City just to advance, minus 125. And Poole is plus 100. So, Brett, let's start real quick with uh, what you saw last week and how it affects the way that you're going to handicap the match this week. I mean, that was one of the best soccer matches I've watched uh, this year. Two absolute heavyweights throwing blows at each other. Definitely did not go the way I predicted. Thought it would start a little slow. They would ease their way into it, just kind of, you know, kind of trade punches and retreat to their corners and things like that. But they came out both throwing haymakers with goals in the first 12 minutes. I... I mean, I was shocked. I lost my bets, and I didn't care a whit because I got to watch such a, an incredible match. Uh, what did you feel coming out of that thing? Uh, I was just really glad that it lived up to the hype. You know, the one of the, one of the things that I was worried about, you know, with the game matches like this, especially with a lot on the line, you know, as teams come out and play KG, there's not a lot of action. Um, but the thing that I love about these two teams is, like, whenever a team plays Liverpool or a team plays City, you know, they bunker down, they set up shop, they try to, you know, they, they know they're going to lose the possession battle. So they, they get away from maybe if they're a more progressive team, they, they get away from their style a little bit, but Liverpool doesn't care. They go toe to toe with city. Like they, they it's, 
it's punch for punch. There's no cagey tactical things or, you know, playing guys that don't play or uh, because it's just an extra defensive midfield or something out in the field. So I, I think the, the best part about that match is we saw both teams doing what wanting to try to do what they do well. And for the most part, it was pretty successful, which is why it was end to end. There's a lot of chances in the final third. You know, there's a lot of beautiful goals, a lot of near misses. It was just, it was great for about probably the first 80 minutes last 10 or so weren't, quite as great. It wasn't the same Coke field madness that we started off the match with. Um, but I mean, it came down to what we thought there was very little separating these two teams and it ended up being a draw. Like I, I think for the five client, I did plus 600 for one, one, but I also was really heavy uh, just in general on going on the draw that game. And that's why it's like, it is really, really hard to find a differentiating factor between these, those two teams. So I will let you make the first pick and find that factor for this week. Because I don't really feel super confident going anywhere else but the draw. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess you have to uh, take a look at the whole context of the week, right? Like, there was this huge emotional crescendo that they had when they they had their heavyweight fight last uh, Sunday. But then they had to turn around and play quarterfinals in the Champions League in really tense, really high-stakes matches. However, Liverpool had the... uh, a huge advantage of going in with a big aggregate lead, whereas Manchester City had to fight, you know, in a, a street fight, like a knife fight with Atletico. And, and, and literally a tunnel and fight. A, yeah, the cops <laughs> got involved afterwards. I mean, it went from a metaphor to reality yeah. real fast. Um, and Liverpool actually got to heavily rotate their squad. So they have a little bit fresher players coming into this match. So, and like, it's weird to handicap, right? Like, I wouldn't actually bet this match until an hour beforehand when I see the lineups. Because while Liverpool had fresher players uh, because they were able to do some squad rotation in Europe midweek, they have to face Manchester United on Tuesday in the Premier League, whereas uh, Manchester City doesn't play till Wednesday and they don't have anywhere near as tough a match. Is it is it Burnley or Watford? It's one of the relegation candidates. It's, I think it's it's Watford. Then, or no, it's Burnley yeah, than Watford. So, I think you're right, yeah. Um, it's just a matter of who they play and whether they're going to go for it is is – is Pep going to say, hey, I think we can win the treble and, you know, I'm going to put value on this competition? Or is Klopp going to say, hey, we've already won one cup. I think we can win the quadruple. I'm going to put value on this competition. Or are both of them going to, you know, go after the league and the Champions League and, like, both try to throw this away? So until we see those lineups early on, um, an hour before the game, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lay action. My prediction is I think Klopp is more likely to go for this than Pep. Uh, Klopp has uh, all the silverware that he could want in his trophy case right now, including the Champions League and the league title. Uh, I think he really wants to go after the quad. And I think Pep is just maniacally focused on the Champions League and then the Premier League and then the FA Cup, you know, if if they happen to get the break. So just playing the narrative and just playing that kind of predictive set, I would take Liverpool plus 185 in regulation time because I don't think either of these teams wants to go to extra time. I don't think either of them want to play an extra 30 minutes. So I expect if it's tight with, you know, 60 minutes left, they're both going to play on the front foot and try to decide this in regulation. So I'm going to take Liverpool with the high, with the better odds. All right. So, so here it comes in with my hot take. And my hot take on this is that we talk about City's ability, and, and, and you and I have talked about this in the podcast too, you know, to rotate where, uh, you know, Morris comes off, Grealish comes on, you know, Foden comes off, Sterling comes on. Um, but the thing is, is they're banged up. Like Kyle Walker went off with an injury. I think Jesus is out, um, you know, and in general, they were only about like a 21 senior member squad deep city is. Um, and then Liverpool went out, they get Joe Gomez back. And we got to remember like Joe Gomez was like a center back or defender that like they were talking about getting into the England setup. And there's a lot of promise, a lot of hype around Joe Gomez. He's been out with injuries. You know, Kanate comes in the champions league. He scores, uh, um, offset pieces in back-to-back matches. And then, you know, again, um, Semeckis, who's the backup left back to Robertson. Semeckis probably starts for like 13 or 14 other Premier League teams. He might even start for like United and definitely probably over Alonzo at Chelsea. And he's the backup left back to Robertson. So I think with the additions that Liverpool has made and with some of the young guys like Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott that have stepped up from their academy in ways that like City doesn't have, any rotation is advantage Liverpool. And I think that's probably something that doesn't get talked about a lot right now. And the addition of Diaz and, and the fact that he's been really good since he's came over from the Portuguese league, which doesn't have like a super high translation rate. 
Um, this is like a huge factor, and I I think it's going to play into their advantage. But I do agree with you. We have to see how these guys approach these matches. Like that Atletico match was a almost literally a knockdown dragout brawl. Um, Atletico played very defensive. It was very physical. There's a lot of cards. There's guys sent off. Um, you know, it happened. I believe on, that was the Wednesday match. So there's a little bit shorter turnaround time for City. So I mean, I, I think like. This still smells like a draw, but if you really are going to probably lean, it's a draw leaning Liverpool, whereas maybe last week for me, it was a draw leaning city. And that's mostly because if there's any rotation whatsoever, it is now firmly advantaged Liverpool in that rotation because they are just a deeper squad from top to bottom than city. Is. God, I hope it smells like a draw rather than whatever you got going on in your bosoms right there. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh geez, this year's gonna melt every minute Sorry. of this. So, oh. I would too. I would too. I would oh, too. No, At least I'm not drinking my no. own urine. So there's that. <laughs> don't talk about milk when you're showing those bad boys. Uh, so <laughs> are you? You're taking Liverpool uh, plus one eighty five as well. I, I'm gonna take. I'm no. I'm gonna actually take the draw plus two thirty five. If I, I would kind of give the same caveat you did. If I see a starting eleven where it's very clear, where there's like a Cole Palmer's and Chinko sightings in the city lineup. I would probably lean towards going Liverpool. Um, But the one thing I will say is that because Mane was rotated out in the Champions League, my prop bet, Mane is still, he's still, I know he hasn't had like a great season, but he's got 0.57 XG per 90. So he literally scores, uh, is expected to score a goal every other match, a little bit more. He is plus 240 as an anytime goal scorer. He scored against City in their last two matches. He's the perfect kind of uh, player for the, to beat them with the way that they move the ball field and they try to press you and they, they're trying to get a near third. It's why he's great at making those runs in Klopp even kind of played him as a de facto striker after uh Jota came off. So plus two forty to me actually might be a great bet if he is in the 11, yeah. but there's no guarantee that that's good. Yeah. Uh, I'm leaning hard into the no draw thing. Um, I know you're, you're calling the draw, but I just really, really think these guys don't want to, this is the third cup for these guys. I mean, it is the cup almost everybody else in England wants to win right now. But uh, for these two, it is a consolation prize. Uh, so I think they definitely don't want to play the extra time and and really go for it. They'd rather be fresh for the league and for their upcoming Champions League semifinals. So I'm taking both teams to score and no draw at plus 135. I think this is going to be another heavy metal affair. There's just too much individual quality all over the pitch to keep, to expect both teams to stay off the score sheet. And because I'm playing that narrative that they don't want this to go into extra time. I like turning that into plus plus one thirty five, a plus number, and you can take either side two, one, three, two, uh, whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Again, there's so many factors that go into this. It's just hard to nail down what are the, the important ones. And a lot of it's going to come down to an hour before kickoff. Who's playing? Yeah, and I'll be watching the manager's boxes again. I actually found that pretty fascinating watching the game last Sunday. Like Klopp is all over the place, emotions on the sleeve, jumping up and down, yelling. They cut to Pep, and he's just like sitting back in his chair like he's in a lazy boy. I have expected him to have one hand down his pants. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he get fined for that. But um, no, I mean, you know, and that's always kind of how been, you know, Klopp has always been a little bit more of the emotional guy. You know, Pep's the 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 genius type figure that's sitting there plotting. But I mean, I, I I do think that sometimes we as fans look at a competition like the FA Cup as you know the third tier. It's not as important as the Champions League. Not obviously as important as the Premier League title. But like these guys are also still competitors. Like they get to this point because they just want to fucking win everything. And so I, I wouldn't be shocked if both these guys put out lineups that say, we're going to go for this just because it's still a competition. They still can win something and it still matters from like the day-to-day competition standpoint. But I don't know. We'll see if Pepco, I'm not going to bet that like Pep's going to run down the sideline pumping his fist after a goal. I won't take that. Yeah, I mean, there's also the mental edge, right? I mean, these guys are about to wage war for the two most prestigious cups they could possibly win. Uh, yeah, the one yeah. point separated in the league going into the last seven matches, that's probably going to come down to the last match day uh, or the last two match days. I mean, I don't think it's going to end before then. And then I think they're both pretty heavily favored to meet again in the Champions League final. So 
I, you know, if Liverpool can nick this as, as I'm wagering, we are going to be set up for an incredible rubber match with the trophy with the big ears on the oh, line. Oh, God. Yeah, please don't fuck this up, Villarreal Madrid. Just, just stay out of the way, man. Just stay out of the fucking well, way. Speaking of getting out of the way, uh, the other semifinals between Chelsea and Crystal Palace. This game is Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Chelsea is minus 175. Crystal Palace is plus 550. The draw is plus 295. Chelsea minus a goal and a half is plus 160. And Crystal Palace is, is minus 210. Just to advance, Chelsea is minus 475. And Crystal Palace is plus 340. Uh, so I'm incredibly proud of my boys. Um, I mean, one, to, to come back and get off the snide and, and their recent struggles and blow out Southampton 6-0 last week after you took Southampton and beat them. Don't think I forgot about that. I do appreciate it because every time you bet against them, they come out and roll somebody. Um, I felt, I felt you know, really good about that. And then, I mean, come on, like, of all ways to go out in the Champions League is defending the cup. The way they went out against Real Madrid, like Real Madrid, it reminds me of like old, you know, Game of Thrones or like Gladiator or like movies you see about Romans or mythical uh, battles. And all they talk about is wanting a clean death, a soldier's death, a warrior's death. That's what Chelsea got. Chelsea went out on their freaking shields on Tuesday. And um, I know that they didn't advance. But they went toe-to-toe. They went more to -to toe-to-toe. They actually played Real off the pitch for most of that game. And even though they're not going to go through, they showed their true quality despite everything that's gone against them and um, showed what they're capable of in terms of competing against the best in the world. So I'm proud of them. Uh, I'm not going to take any shame from them going out in the Champions League that way, even if you want to throw shade at me. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm not. I, it was honestly, you know, that was a Benzema fest. It was literally one player um, that created the difference between those two. That, that I mean, it's Chelsea going through if Benzema isn't spectacular through two games. That's really what it comes down to. Um, and just some some weird individual breakdown stuff with Chelsea that you don't typically see. Um, but I mean, you know, part of it, too, that I really noticed in that game is they switched, obviously, to a 4-3-3. And Alonzo, it just the, the loss of Ben Chilwell yeah. has been so huge for Chelsea. I think it's partially why that that two leg match was within the margin of error where Benzema could turn it. Um, I think that's why they haven't looked super impressive outside of Southampton before then. Um, they just don't have a left back, yeah. and, and Alonso is uh, as a wing back has can been kind of like dead weight. When you move a guy to a wing back in that system, like you need him to be basically as productive as a winger. And that is not what Alonzo is anymore. He's kind of on the wrong side of the age curve. Um, and so I think because of that, I'm I'm curious again with my pick, and, and you're going to love this because it's going to go against your boys, um, but I'm, I'm mostly curious to see how they approach this match. They have nothing left to play for, but they left everything out there against Madrid. It is going to be a huge emotional swing to get up from pouring yourselves into that match to get up to play an FA cup match when you kind of feel like the biggest thing in your season is now gone. Um, so I'm, I, I, this feels like a trap game in a lot of ways for me with them. Uh, we don't know how they're going to rotate. We don't know who's going to play. Who's going to be left back. Is he going to risk Reese James after such an intense run of games? Um, you know, because again, it's not just about uh, Reese James for the rest of the year. It's more like he's had soft tissue injuries. And if he has another hamstring issue, that season that's coming up is going to be brutal and you don't want to risk a guy having him come back from injury when they're going to have the schedule they do with the world cup. So with a lot of that stuff factored in palace is plus three, four to advance. They've lost four nil on aggregate against Chelsea this year, but the XG has been way closer and they've mostly been really dull games that Chelsea has just finished chances. Um, it, I think the, especially the second one where Chelsea won one Oh, it was really drab, really dull. They nicked a goal. They got the win. That's kind of the Chelsea thing in some of those games, but I just think the palace, this is, this is everything for their club. You got to remember like Chelsea just won the champions league last year. <laughs> they, as far as like a club, they would probably use this and love this with everything that's going on with the club. But like for a club like Chelsea or for from crystal palace, it's mid table. They never get to Europe. This is like their Super Bowl. They can get to a FA Cup final 
Um, so plus 340, I just think one out of every three times this goes to penalties because it's going to be an ugly game where nobody scores or each team nicks a goal. And then penalties are a coin flip at that point. So I kind of just like the money. I'm not like super confident. I just like the plus 340 for Chelsea or for Crystal Palace. Yeah, games. no, thank you for the gift. Uh, you're making me stare at your hairy <laughs> chest for an hour here and you just made it up by going against my boys in yet another high profile <laughs> match. So uh, consider, well, we're not even, I mean, I'm going to need therapy and probably some eye surgery and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, so we're I mean, not even, is, but like you just cut it to your debt. Um, Cause I, I disagree <laughs> with what you just said. Like they won the club world cup and they, they won uh, the super cup and that kind of stuff. So they're not going to go trophy list this season, but Chelsea just lives and dies for all hardware. And now they have nothing else to play for. They're going to finish third in the Premier League. They're not. They're out of the Champions League. This is their one chance to get some glory this spring. And I know they're tired. I know they just left uh, a lot on the field on Tuesday. But I think they're going to have plenty of quality to beat. And don't forget this: a Connor Gallagher less Crystal Palace. Uh, so I think it's going to be um, them on the front foot. And I'm not just taking them to win. I'm not just taking them to advance. I'm actually taking that that spread. Chelsea minus a goal and a half at plus 160. And if they get through this, it is going to be freaking wild to see them play in Wembley in front of all the politicians that tried to kill them in the final. And I really hope that they sit right behind the goal so Rudiger can drill the ball at them over and over and over again. <laughs> Um, and then I, I mean, like I might as well go all the way with this rant, right? Like my prop, a good team to do a good thing against a team on Easter <laughs> Sunday without their Lord and savior and to win on a clean sheet at plus two forty. Yeah. I mean, my, my actually prop is in the same vein. Um, I think no matter what, I think it's going to be an ugly match. Um, it, it's just what these, the two matches previous have been. I don't really see why it would change. And Connor Gallagher's missed those matches as well. Um, so the under two and a half at minus one fifteen, not getting great money, but if I think the max scoreline is Chelsea wins this two nil, um, and that would hit the under right there. I think every other range of score that you would see would probably be one Oh Chelsea, one Oh palace, one, one going into, you know, penalties, which obviously went back into the spread and, and really the over under is only till full-time and uh, till full-time anyways. So I, I think to me, the big thing is just these matches have been really ugly. If you throw away the three goals on 0.9 XG in the first time these two teams met, most of these games are one nil, or both these games are probably right around one nil or nil nil. So even though it's not great money, I like the under minus two and a half goals because I, I just think every range of outcome is under two and a half yeah. goals. The very last thing I'll say about this match is if you do want to take Chelsea, Take them to win in regulation versus just to advance. I mean, minus 175 versus minus 475. That's like an outrageous spread of outcomes to for yeah, them to win spread. in penalties yeah. or in extra time. So don't lay all that extra juice just for uh, a set of outcomes. That's probably, I don't know, I mean, less than 30% likely and you're paying an extra 300 bips in juice. Don't do it. If you like Chelsea, just take them to win in regulation. Otherwise, just stay away. I mean, that's a that's a not a great number for minus four seventy five. They can lose penalties. Penalties are weird, and so is extra time. So. Yeah, pen penalties are essentially a coin flip. I mean, you can say what you want about certain penalty taker skill or whatever. And remember, Jorginho is not like is the, is Ben Chelsea's designated penalty taker, and it's not like he's impeccable from the spot. So I would, I agree with you. I saw that pricing disparity and I saw, thought the same exact thing. I think it's a great warning is I, I mean, I, I wish I had the numbers to say when a favorite gets into extra time in a cup final like this, like they win X amount of the time. Um, but I don't think that would make up the gap between the 175 and the four center. I just don't, I just, I think it's bad math. So yeah, great point. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and then uh, we'll run through the Premier League games real quick and get you out of here so I can put my eyeballs into a bowl of bleach. All right. We are back and let us head back into the Premier League with uh, the Manchester United Tottenham game and the Arsenal game. Let's start with the one with the absolute lowest stakes, Manchester United, 7th at 51 points versus Norwich, 20th at 21 points. This game is Saturday at 10 a.m. Manchester United is minus 425. Norwich is plus 1,200. The draw is plus 550. 
Manchester United minus a goal and a half is minus 140. Norwich is plus 115 to keep it within one. If you really think Manchester United is going to lay the wood to Norwich, minus two and a half is plus 170, and Norwich is minus 215. So both teams are a mess. Um, Manchester United only has five goals in their last seven matches, including being shut out by both Everton and Watford. Uh, they appear to be twiddling their thumbs, waiting to be out of contract or for the new manager to show up. The reverse fixture here was 1-0. So I cannot believe I'm doing this, but give me Norwich plus 115 to keep this thing within one goal. <laughs> why am I going to believe in Manchester United blowing out literally anyone in the Premier League? Like I say literally anyone that we're putting that to the case because they are playing the worst team by leaps and bounds. And I still don't believe in them to kind of run away with this thing. They want the season to be over. They are LeBroning this thing. And I just don't see them blowing out anyone right now, at least not with my money backing them. Yeah, I mean, my my note sheet basically has the plus 1.5 and minus 1.5 like crossed off over and over because I went back and forth. But here, here's the thing. United has been terrible. I, I don't think I would actually bet this line. This is more like if I had a gun to my head, this is the spread I would go with. Is that if you have a gun to your head, can I borrow it so I don't have to quarter? look at you anymore? I mean, if you want, it's going to be really sad for the fan, the, all the fans you created with this podcast, but, but please don't do that for them. Think of the fans, Toby. Um, but the, the thing I, I hate taking uh, plus spreads for teams that I just don't think have any win equity. And I think Norwich have draw equity in this match, but they have been awful. Like they got a little bit of a new manager bounce when Dean Smith first take, took over but they have just been back to conceding a ton of goals. They just don't have good premier league level players. Like the difference between where they were and where Newcastle are is Newcastle went out and they didn't even buy anybody sexy. It was Chris Wood and Dan Byrd and an older Trippier, um, you know, but they at least got like competent premier league level players and Norwich still don't have any of yeah. those. And so but, but if I had on. to go, they, with, they have, have, they had competent premier league players last week. They rolled out like their a plus offensive lineup against Everton and got blanked. So like at what point does it matter if they're world-class, if they're playing this way? Yeah. I mean, Frank Lampard, I, blanked, them. Game was Frank a little Lampard blanked them. No, I mean the Everton the Everton match was obviously a little a little luck luck induced. You know, they they probably created enough chances to score, they just didn't. That's soccer, it happens. Um, it's random. So, but I mean, yeah, it just hasn't been pretty. And and so it is definitely a leap. I don't think a huge part of the United range is more than one goal. But again, I just and and again and, and take this from the guy who is currently wearing a sports bra and also has not did not win a single bet last week. <laughs> I just don't like taking teams that I just don't believe have any belief they have any win equity in a in a plus spread. And that's the only reason why, after crossing this line out five different <laughs> times and going back and forth, I landed on United at minus one point five. It's just because I just can't put any in win equity in Norwich. Not at Old Trafford. If this is at Carroll Road, I would have a different. Probably, uh, I would probably feel a lot more comfortable plus one point five. But then again, the line probably wouldn't be plus point five. Yeah. But here is one uh, bet that I do actually like. It will be appearing in my five pine pickoff. Is the United range of score lines 102021 at plus 175? I don't know about you, Toby. I literally can't picture any other score lines besides 1 1 or 0 0. So you're getting three of the five incredibly likely score lines at plus 175. That to me is just a no brainer. I, I think you have to. Take yeah, I mean, I actually, I, I like your bet better than the bet I'm about to make because we, we see at least the totals very similar. Uh, and this is conservative, don't yeah. get me wrong. In fact, I would encourage you to take my bet because you need a slump buster so stinking bad. You just need to get off the slide. Just like take <laughs> this one, take the layup, take what I'm I about need to, to give you. I taking plus 600 so, bets, so I need to do. The variance is killing under me. Under 3.5 goals is only minus 160. So how are you losing this bet? Is United going to win 4-0? Is United going to score three times and then leak a goal? T Timo Puki is setting a Norwich record with four penalties. No, exactly. <laughs> so, like, I would expect that – I actually, when I looked this up, I thought it would be, like, minus 210, minus 230 even. Like, I thought it would be way more juice Bad. 
for uh, to stay it under four like goals. The price is a little weird. I there. like the price. I mean, I know it's not that sexy. It's not you know a plus number or even close to even, but it's not that much juice to lay for a bad match playing by two teams that are playing badly. Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing is, is it it's like the the movable force meets the stoppable object in a lot of ways with. Norwich's defense has been conceding a ton of chances, a ton of expected goals in the last five or six matches. And then United has been terrible offensively. So it's like, what wins out, right? Like, is is Norwich's defense so bad that they actually can allow multiple goals to a team that hasn't scored against anybody and couldn't create against Everton who have been terrible and conceding a bunch of chances? Or is United's attack so broken that they can't even put up enough good chances to score against Norwich? So it's it's a little bit weird, but the only reason I feel super confident is I just cannot picture unless super fluky shit happens, any scoreline that's above two goals for United and one yeah. for Norwich. I just, well, I can't picture It's that. definitely broken as my interest in talking about this match anymore. So let's get over to one that I'm <laughs> looking forward to a lot more. Uh, the Spurs, fourth at 57 points and absolutely ascendant right now versus Brighton, 11th at 37 points. This is the early game on Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern. Spurs are minus 185. The draw is plus 330. Brighton is plus 550. Spurs at minus a goal and a half is plus 155. Brighton is minus 195. So by the results, I mean, the, spear, the Spurs appear to be in full flight. But there was more than a little luck last week. If you actually watched the match, they were yeah. thoroughly outplayed in the first half. And, you know, I know you are the numbers guy, but how often does a team lose the XG battle yet win by four goals? That can't happen all that often, right? No, I mean, that's just a uh, son is one of the best finishers in the world kind of match. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's, this is well past fluky. That was just like such the disparity between the XG yeah. and the outcome. I mean, like, yeah, you'll see like, oh, a team won by XG and lost 2-1. Or, you know, they the XG was close and they won 3-0. But to be outplayed on XG, but I think it was a full goal, and still win 4-0 is a wild spread. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there's actually like a little um, – I can't – I'm going to screw up who this is, but there is an XG calculator. And if you input the chances uh, chances in it, it'll actually show you the probabilities of how many goals are scored. I actually kind of messed around putting, I just broke up the Spurs XG by their shots and their chances of scoring four goals. is like sub 5% on the, on those generic chances. And I, so and I'm I mean, willing to bet it, their, it was, their chance of not conceding a goal, given the quality of uh, chances, particularly in the first half was probably under 10%. So, I mean, you're talking about a sub yeah. 1% likelihood that we got the outcome we got. Exactly. Um, so, oh, look at that math on Toby. Watch out, Brent. I'm coming for your corner. I uh, know. <laughs> You've probably just been studying all my spreadsheets that I keep putting up on my wall. <laughs> well, it's better than spreading the pinup calendar that you're currently posed as. Uh, so watch, yeah. <laughs> uh, watching them in the second half, though, it's hard not to be mesmerized by the front line quality. Uh, and then on the other side, you know, Brighton's scoreline also flattered them as Arsenal were clearly the better team. And Brighton won through two moments of pure shot quality that aren't likely to repeat over the long term, given, you know, the player quality that is featuring for Brighton. So you take it together and my eyes, despite my newfound love of math and spreadsheets, tell me the Spurs have the belief right now. They have the motivation to keep pouring goals. And I think they're going to win this one in a walk. So rather than just, you know, take the minus 185 for them to win, I'm going to bump it up on the adjusted on the minus goal and a half and take plus 155 for them to win by two or more. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm right there with you. I have the same pick for the spread. Um, and I think the simple answer is I just don't think Brighton are good. Um, I think they, they've been without Adam Webster, who's a pretty important player for them. You know, you, you Prior, like at who the hell is Adam Webster? I've mentioned him a couple of times, but he's a center back that does a lot for Brighton. Um, he does a, a, a few little defensive things that are helpful, but he does a lot of progressing the ball into the final third. And their attack has just not only are they not great at finishing chances, but it's just fallen off a cliff this year. And a big part of it is they've lost Ben White and they've lost Adam Webster. And they used to play the back three with those two around Lewis Dunk. And they would really do a great job of pinning, of tilting the field, as they call it pinning teams in their third uh, for far longer during matches than they have this year. And I think Graham Potter also, he tinkers a little bit. He's got a little bit of the pep syndrome 
where he comes out with these weird lineups. Like last week they, they did win, but he played like Trossard and Pascal Gross's wingbacks. And it, it, and then he had like a min a midfield that was, you know, pretty much all these like hardworking midfielders like Pasuma um, and the new guy whose name Enoch is in there. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's, I'm, I don't trust them basically is what I'm trying to say. And because I don't trust them, I think not only can Spurs um, cover that spread, but I'm also going to take them to win by exactly two goals for plus 340. Um, because I do think a lot of the range of scores that we'll see are, Two nil Spurs, three one Spurs. Brighton's defense has just not been that good lately, and it's partially because they're losing guys like Webster. They the Basuma's been in and out of the lineup, and you know Tyreek Lamptey is a former Chelsea product. Is a little terror when he's out there on the wing, but he's also very small and not good defensively. So when you see guys like that in the side, or Pascal Gross and Trossard moonlight his wingbacks again, I think they're going to get drilled because Kulishevsky's son and Kane have been awesome with the exception of the first half against yeah. Uh, well, for my prop, I am going over two and a half goals, minus 115. Um, I looked this up because I was on a, an XG kick for this game. The last time that Tottenham played in a league game that didn't exceed 2.5 in XG was against Chelsea back in January. They've had 11 straight games where the XG is above 2.5. And the way that they're going right now I just feel great about basically getting a coin flip for them to convert at or above expected goal value and cash this ticket for me. If you want a long shot um, after Doherty's injury, Regulon to score out on the wing back in the Conte system is plus 1,000. Like, I'm not going to put that in my five pint because I'm not an insane person like Brady Chastain is, but please, that is a defender yeah, to score is the best bet in a while. I just see plus 1000 and I just go white and I can't think of anything else. So please don't tell me. Uh, all right. Get to the, get to the Southampton Arsenal match before I get. <laughs> Here we go. Let's get to it. Last match to talk about Southampton 14th at 36 points versus Arsenal fifth uh, at 54 points. This game is Saturday at 10 AM. Saturday is action packed for all the games we talked about today. Uh, Arsenal is minus 105. Southampton is plus 290. The draw is plus 270. Arsenal at minus half a goal, of course, stays at minus 105. Southampton to nick some points is minus 115. Uh, so as I mentioned above, Arsenal is getting crushed by everybody online and in the punditry circles right now for the Brighton result, but they outplay them. And they lost due to the fluky distribution yeah. of goals in this beautiful game of ours. They're still a good team. And I don't think they're going to fade away entirely for the race to fourth. I think they will absolutely still be in it heading into the North London Derby on May 12th. And because I believe that, because they're going to stick into it, I'm taking them. And like on the other side, Southampton is an outright mess. It's weird to say a 6-0 game wasn't even that close, but Timo alone hit the bar three times and Foster let in six goals and he was still their best player. Like he six got past him and he was the best player they had in the match that easily could have been 10 plus. It was wild how easily um, Chelsea just carved them up and got high quality shot after high quality shot after high quality shot. So there's no chance whatsoever. I'm going to pass on a coin flip for a good team against what I just witnessed. So I don't know if you're foolish to bet on uh, foolish enough to bet on Southampton again, but if so, I'll feel even better. Oh, about yeah, this. Of course, man. Of course I am. Of course I am. And the, and the big thing is, is, is we've seen this before. Southampton can get smashed, you know, six nil by Chelsea, but then they, they use the same style and on their good days, they play man city toe to toe and it's nil nil one, one. So it's weird. I mean, and this is the problem, you know, when you, when you bet on kind of an average premier league side that plays a high variance style, like you may make bets that, you know, you could play like a team that plays more conservatively, like Burnley trying at plus 1.5. And then you're just trying to pray that that second shot doesn't or second goal doesn't go in while they bunker down for the entire game. Or you can kind of go roll the dice to Southampton and realize that, um, you know, you can do what I'm going to do and take them at plus 0.5 at minus 112. And then watch as they do lose for now the Arsenal. Um, trying to help you. Because I'm trying to help you be a you better are. gambler, I know a you better are. sports predictor, I and know be able you to are. wear all your clothes the next time that we podcast. I am trying to help you. <laughs> I don't want to do that You keep anymore. doing it's things be like shirtless, this. Shirtless podcasts. Shirtless 
podcast from now on. It's, that's just how it's going to be. I'd rather you have- I'm going to try to throw your game off. I don't want to come to your level. I want to drag you down to There's mine. There's <laughs> no chance that's going to happen. There's no chance I'm coming down to your level. Just take the sensible picks. Take the layoffs. I mean, Grant. just wait until I shave your face into my chest here. I want to see you make five pine picks then. <laughs> yeah, oh let's my see God. how focused you are when you get that shit going. That is <laughs> no, the most egregious I, threat anybody's I, leveled against me this year. <laughs> well, uh, here's the here's the other thing, too. Uh, Kieran Tierney. I believe if I've, if I'm seeing this right and you can correct me if I'm wrong is out for the year. And he is a very important piece of left back because when he doesn't play left back, um, it was granite Jaka last week. And that is not who you feel confident about playing left back for a team that's going into a super uh, aggressive pressing side is playing a guy out of a position. that doesn't know where well now uh, um, Arteta does tinker like Pep a little bit where he brings the fullbacks inside and they play part of the possession game, but Tierney is a big loss. Um, and I, I think that is going to be something that may ultimately cost them the shot at fourth is that injury because of the drop off between who's behind him. Um, and that's part of the reason why I believe in Hassan Hoodle. I know that the actual players for Th- Southampton aren't great, but he has come up big in certain matches they can look really good and they can look really bad. We've seen them get thrashed multiple times, including last week, but we've also seen them play teams like city. And we're like, what the fuck? Like how is Southampton looking better than the best team in the world? So it's going to be out up there. The one thing I do feel a little bit more confident about than actually taking the spread is yes to both teams to score at minus minus one thirty-two. Yeah. not great money, but I do think with Southampton style, and the fact that they are going to be aggressive and open this game up a little bit, they will nick a goal against Arsenal. And I definitely do believe that Arsenal will score against them. So plus or minus 132 is not great, but it's also probably where I would feel way more confident sticking my money than the actual. Yeah. Score. Well, I definitely think Arsenal is going to score too. And I think it's going to be Saka is the one who's going to do it. Uh, Southampton cannot deal with pace. Like they flat out can't deal with like pace. That. They're too aggressive. And then the speed merchants get behind them. And there's, you know, them versus uh versus the goalie one on one. And Saka anytime goal scorer is plus two ten. And I like those odds a lot. I don't usually take anytime goal scorers for props because I think, you know, the ability to pick a goal scorer in any 90 minute stretch is uh more difficult than predicting things like shots on target or shots or styles of play that results in corners or all that kind of stuff. I think those are more uh predictable, but I can't resist this after watching Timo carve them up last week and Saka having a lot more shot, uh, you know, end product quality than Timo has. So I like that one quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good one. I, I, especially with the way that Lacazette has been basically playing as a false nine, taking oh, one of those false. wingers to get in behind when he real drops false it. Nine. Real yeah. false. Like shouldn't even have nine. <laughs> anywhere in his title. A lot of playing a false three. <laughs> But I don't know what Lacazette is playing because he has no chance of actually scoring. <laughs> well, I was trying to be generous, man. You know, I'm still trying to get Ramsdale to come on the pod, and you're, you know, you're shitting on his teammate. That's not going to help our cause. Uh, Ramsdale's playing as much of a nine out of the goalie as Lacazette is. So is he a false one? <laughs> I mean, I guess, man, you can you can call it a whole new term right here on the podcast. You're here, folks. <laughs> Toby, the tactical innovator, Pep. Hire this no, not, man. Not, I mean, hire well, this man. Pat's gotta hire me because Klopp already did it last year. They decided the damn thing by bringing the goalkeeper <laughs> up to score a goal. Yeah. He's the original Dallas false Allison one. Allison scored against West Brom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh all right, my before god! I come up all with, right, I think that's a good place to get into five. Yeah, fights. before I come up with any more tactical innovations that ruin the sport of soccer forever, let's just get out of here with our best bets. <laughs> Uh, so in the five pints, you've alluded to it several times. You're uh, took another zero last week. You're struggling a little bit. I would love for you to take a slump buster. I, I, you just got to do it. Just don't make it Chelsea because that's never worked I got for you one. once. I got one. I feel good. Um, I'm up. I got one. I feel good about. So I'm up nine pints. Good news for you though. This is a five week month, so there's still plenty of time to mount a comeback, and no international breaks anymore to break it up. Uh, so for my five pints this week. I'm doing something I don't usually do. I'm putting two pints on a single bet because that's how confident I am that Spurs and Brighton are going over the 2.5 and minus 115. Following that up with Arsenal to win at minus 105. Uh, Manchester City and Poole, both teams to score, no draw at plus 135. And of course, 
Go Blues. Time to head into Wembley and tell his politicians <laughs> to kiss your ass. Chelsea minus 1.5 at plus 160. All right. So mine are going to be all in basically three bets. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go big with two on the under of two and a half minus 115 for the Chelsea Palace FA Cup. Just do not see that getting above anywhere above three goals. But after I say that, Zayich will score like for himself. So, um, and then I think the other, I'm going to stick two more on that um, uh, scoreline range with United at plus 175 of them winning 102 over 2-1. Um, and then my last one is going to go Mane. And each time goal scorer plus 240, one pint. So I'm consolidating a little bit, but I actually feel pretty good about that under bet and the United one as well. I think the math is on this, our side there or my side at least. Um, so hopefully this, uh, this next week or coming up, I'll actually be able to talk about bets that I want well, and not wear sports. Well, Brett, you, for this. You're, I don't want to do that. You're anymore. a tremendously good sports. We love you here at the extra points podcast network. Um, Thank you for participating in the capital consequences. You seemed, e- well, you seemed eagerly uh, happy to do it. So I don't know if there's going to be some uh, glitter in the stage that's going to end your is, night tonight. This is, as they would say, is fake news. This would be fake news, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I was not happy about this. My anxiety level was through the fucking roof waiting to see what was going to happen. I, I, before we wrap up, just, just before we close, you heard the options and learned in the cap. When he reached his hand into the cap, which yeah. is the one you're like, holy shit, if he draws that. Uh, I'm in deep trouble. I do not want the piss. I do not want to drink my own piss. I do not want to drink my own piss. I don't know. I don't I mean, the cotton liver oil thing did not seem great either. <laughs> I mean, I definitely wasn't excited about eating a piece of paper the first time since I was like maybe like a two-year-old. <laughs> so none of them. But I mean, the, drinking my own piss and a Milwaukee's best, which is also like drinking someone else's piss. That would, that would just be like a double, yeah. like a like shotgunning urine is what would yeah, happen. So I did not want to see that come out. When of that. I called you and asked you to do this pod with me, did you ever picture a scenario that you would say on the podcast, "I just didn't want to drink my own piss"? Did that ever occur to you before you said <laughs> yes and agreed to join this company? <laughs> I have to say, I think you would have needed <laughs> to put that in a waiver, and I probably would have looked at it and been like. Do I really want to do this? <laughs> well, look, we're, we're glad you did. I am I'm incredibly grateful. Uh, this has been awesome. You guys are awesome. I am not happy that I'm wearing a sports ball right now, but I'm very happy to be able to do this with everybody this, or you this each week. And Sal is the man. So yeah. I'll, if this is what I got to do to be a part of this team, I'm happy. No, to do you it. don't have to do this. You do have to make better picks, though. You just have to make better picks. Like, yeah, you. Pete, what, and I need to win things at basketball too. That'd people nice. think of us together. We've had two staff contests. I've won both of them, and my partner has come in last in the other one. So come on, pal. Come on. Just be middle <laughs> class. That's all I'm asking for you. I'm dragging down, I'm dragging down the team question. <laughs> Here, I gotta I gotta pick it all up. All right, folks. <laughs> well, we will be back fully uh kitted up next week. Shirts for everybody. But until then, enjoy the games. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back with our usual interchange of horrible advice backed by expert analysis. See you next week. <laughs> Take care, y'all. <laughs>